When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger radio show podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. legs are short but very powerful for digging. In fact, the name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. It's that badger style. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast. It's James taking you through this week, where we're going to be joined by Dave Tickner, the Cricket 365 editor, and looking ahead to the summer, what a summer ahead. 2019, the Cricket World Cup, the Ashes, all of the domestic fun and frolics that we expect from an English summer. It's one to look forward to. We pick the bones out of that as we go through the podcast this week. Firstly, though, an apology from me. It's been a while since I spoke to you. I am absolutely snowed under. I'm trying to write a football book at the moment. I'm coming towards the end of it. Nearly got the final full stop. And normal service will be resumed on the Cricket Budget Radio Show podcast as soon as that book is off my desk but anybody that's written a book you know that you uh, you think you're getting towards the end of it and then all of a sudden you think oh I haven't covered that yet I haven't done that but that book will be out soon it's not a cricket book it's a football book it's about Leeds United Leeds United ploughing a furrow back to the promised land in the Premier League hopefully this year but this podcast we're back and we'll be back every week from now on through the English summer and as I said Dave Tickner the guest this week it's that Badger style Pleasure then this week on the Cricket Budget Radio Show podcast to introduce you Dave Tickner, Cricket 365 a Cricket Editor. How are you, Dave? I'm good, James. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today because we're going to look ahead to the, the summer ahead. England, we have our hopes invested in the national team. Done rather well in one day cricket of late. The Cricket World Cup is just around the corner. How excited are you about England's chances? It's the first time in a long time that England can go into a World Cup with expectations rather than hopes. You know, the, the last World Cup was, was such a complete disaster that, that in a way it's, it's precipitated what's happened now that they had to have a complete change of direction, a complete change of policy. Uh, and it was it was instant, you know, from, from the moment they started that series against New Zealand after the last World Cup. You know, they immediately started, you know, scoring 400 and playing this thrilling cricket that England had never played. They, for, you know, for the first time really in, what, 30 years, England had have found themselves ahead of the curve in, in one-day cricket and with, with a home World Cup 
coming up. It's it's massively exciting. Being Englishman, isn't it going a little bit too well? There's, you know, we're used to going into World Cups with a little bit of excitement. Yeah, football as well. But something usually goes wrong, doesn't it? A semi-final disappointment just when you think it's all going to go right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way. It is. And especially with the format of this, with the 10-team the, the group stage, everyone plays everyone. And then four semi-finalists coming out of that. It's You, you don't have to sort of have the, the greatest imagination to to picture England sort of cruising through that group stage looking like absolute world beaters and then coming an absolute cropper in the semi-final you know they did it in the Champions Trophy a couple of years ago and they've, they've shown in the West Indies that they've they've always got a batting collapse in them of England so there's definitely that fear but you know there's you know in, India are the other like obvious favourites I don't think there's too much doubt that England and, and India are playing cricket far ahead of anyone else in the world at the moment uh, in the 50 over game but you know they're having their struggles at the moment against what's a pretty poor Australia side you know an Australia side England thrashed last summer so you know there's there's, there's so much to be excited about with this England team you know then if then if, if they're ever going to win the World Cup you sort of feel like it's it, it's all sort of come together for them now now's the time there's been so nearly in the past but uh, yeah this is a summer where well not just in the one day arena but with the ashes as well it's, it's a summer which Hopefully, I'll capture the the English nation, and that you know, there's a real opportunity for cricket in this country to say, yeah, we're here, we're exciting. It, it is. It's it's such an important summer. It's it's almost sort of make or break for for cricket. If they don't capture the mood this summer with, with a World Cup, where an exciting England team is right up there with a great chance of winning it, followed by an Ashes series, which of course is always a big deal. If cricket can't capture you know the the attention this summer when will it you know there's no major football tournament there's no olympics or anything like that cricket's got a great chance to put itself really front and center behind you know getting behind a really exciting england team that that could could do something that no england men's team has ever done and, and win the world cup just imagine how exciting that ashes will be if england have already got a trophy in the in the bag and yeah. the, the country's excited it could be a summer where as cricket fans already our heads blow off with excitement it's going to be one of them isn't it yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, you're going to have to look back a couple of years ago with the Women's World Cup and what a huge breakthrough that was for, for, women's, for women's sport in this country. You know, that really took off. People really got behind it. You know, packed house at Lords for the final, great finish in that final, of course. And uh, you've got to be looking up at what happened there and thinking, this is such a great opportunity. It won't come around again. Such an exciting England team. You know, there's, there's people who should already be superstars. You know, there's so many reasons why they're not. The lack of, you know, free-to-air coverage and the lack of exposure and, and all the rest of it. But, you know, you, you've got people like Joss Butler and Ben Stokes and these kind of cricketers are so exciting and such thrilling players to watch. They should be absolute superstars in this country. This I'll say not fair to you that Jay Butler's should be superstars regardless of whether they play <laughs> cricket or not or whether they cover cricket. But They're yeah, all you, absolute stars, aren't they, the Jay Butlers? <laughs> you, you, go, you go down the potential 15 for England and there are some guys in, the, in there that in terms of personality, in terms of how the media could warm to them, they, they have a real opportunity to you know, take a step up into that upper echelon of A-listers. You know, you go back to 2005 and the Ashes and obviously Flintoff and, Pitt and Peterson, etc. have pretty much dined out on that ever since and made careers from it. But, you know, there's an opportunity for some of these guys who are, yeah, in terms of a sport, not the best paid. You know, they're going to be very well off. They'll have nice houses and they won't be worrying when the next bill's going to be paid. But, you know, if you compare it to football and stuff, they don't get paid huge amounts of money. 
This is a chance to really break through, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, who knows? One of these lads could be presenting Top Gear in 15 years' time <laughs> to get it right this summer. It's it's a massive opportunity. It, it really, really is. It's a massive opportunity for them as individuals, uh, for them as a team, and, and for the, the whole sport in this country. You know, it could be an absolutely belting summer. You know, if we get the right weather and the right results, it's, it's going to be something really special. In recent weeks on the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast, we've had David Gower, we've had Joe Root, we've had Daniel Norcross, Gordon Greenwich, Desmond Haynes, Joel Garner, Ronnie Arani, Chetiswa Pajara, James Foster, Daniel Baldrummond, Sam Hayne, Brett Dolivera, Keaton Jennings, Delray Rawlings, Richard Gleeson, Anthony McGrath, Paul Collingwood. We're building up quite a few test caps and there are many, many more to come. Thank you so much. For all your comments on the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast, it is much appreciated as it goes from strength to strength. You can find the podcast every single week on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, Radio Public. We're growing. Grow with us. Have your say on all things cricket. Contact us on Twitter at cricket underscore badger. By email, cricketbadger at hotmail.com. Comment on things mentioned in shows. Suggest future topics for future programs and get involved as the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast continues to go from strength to strength. I was looking at Michael Vaughan's 15. He's picked his 15 for the for the newspaper and yeah, I like to argue with what Michael Vaughan says at times, but I can't really disagree with his the 15 that he's picked. And that, yeah, you go into major tournaments sometimes and it's, oh, who should be the wicketkeeper? Who should be this, that and the other? With England, their selection policy and their success has meant that there aren't too many places up for grabs in this 15 for the World Cup. No, I mean, that's that's rare enough in itself. You know, historically, it's a thing that we've, we've got wrong at World Cups, isn't it? That, you know, we spend four years supposedly getting ready for the, for the World Cup and then at the last minute we panic and we bring back Matt Pryor as wicketkeeper or normally what we do that, that prior one replacing Davis in, in 2011 was a, a good example is we fall back on test players when it comes to the crunch at a, at a major tournament we tend to panic go back to the test players uh, but you know that that's not going to happen this time and like you say you're picking the 15 you're looking at sort of one or two places really that are up for grabs I think the batting is pretty much nailed down now in terms of the squad you're going to have Hales Roy and Bairstow and any two of those three are going to open the batting Root's going to be at three Morgan at four Stokes and Butler at five and six sort of interchangeable depending on what happens got um, Moen Ali and Adil Rashid are the two spinners have both been the side Denley looks like he's probably going to be sort of a floating option in the squad now as a spare spinner and, and batsman if if needed anywhere in that group and and then it's it's the bowlers really where there's still sort of perhaps one or two spots up for grabs Joffrey Archer of course is the, the sort of the wild card that you know I was, was going to come on to him Dave because I mean you, you basically so far agreed with everything Michael Vaughan said in your little synopsis there of the batting um, he's got Wokes in the side Plunkett and Wood and David Willey as the kind of seam bowlers for England Joffrey Archer though is one of Michael Vaughan's 15 
and you've got to pick him, haven't you? Because you, you look at how influential he's been for T20 teams around the world. He's just a superstar in the making. He, he is. He's, he is going to be an absolute uh, star. And it's it's interesting with Archer, though, Is and this, this wouldn't stop me picking him, but it is a, a quirk when you look at his, his stats and his record that his first-class record and his T20 record are both superb. But his list A stats aren't all that. There doesn't seem to be any obvious reason for that. You know, he, he he's certainly got a game that should be ideal for it. And he does give you that, you know, that pace and just that sort of, that X factor uh, cricketer. He makes things happen. He's, an, again, an exciting player. He he would, you think he would fit into this squad and the, and the way they play the game. The, the only thing that makes me slightly wary is just England's history of, getting it wrong when they do this of making a change late and I heard Nasser saying talking on, on Sky after one of the games in the, the T20 series where they were talking about it and, and he said that in his mind it, it's it's got to be Owen Morgan's call that when they have the selection meeting to pick the, the team pick the squad that the selectors go to Morgan do you want Jopper Archer in your 15 which will mean leaving out someone who's played a part in the development of this team to this point and if Morgan says yes then they make it happen if Morgan says no I want to go with the players that have got us here got us to this point you'd go with that and I sort of think I've got a lot of time for that as an idea I think Morgan's got to be on board with it I think for, for Archer to come in I, I would from the outside looking in Joffrey Archer's in my 15 I would pick him definitely and just unleash him but I do understand the argument that when we're not inside that squad we don't know what the, the mood is like in that squad how they gel together if there's a risk of him being a disruption in a team that doesn't need disrupting you know this isn't a team that's like you might as well throw Archer in because they're rubbish anyway. That's that's the risk with, with Archer. It's a risk I take, but I I can understand the argument uh, in in not doing it at this stage, at this late stage before the tournament. People that are likely to lose out if Joffrey Archer is selected in the 15, maybe Chris Jordan, who's done okay in the Caribbean, Tom Curran, who's a real rising star. Um, he's the one-day equivalent of his brother Sam in the Test arena, isn't he? He's, he's really hit the ground running. Good pair of cricketers, those two. Tom Curran, in particular, is very, very good at the death, which is it's obviously going to be be a big factor. It's, it's this is the unusual position that we're in as trying to pick an England squad for a tournament. Is that whoever you leave out is going to be very, very unlucky. You know, Plunkett has a superb record. You know, I think only Rashid has taken more wickets than him in this World Cup cycle for England. Wokes in English conditions, such a consistent performer with bat and ball. Uh, you've got David Willey. Willey's problem in in this team is he's sort of only got one string to his bow as a bowler. He'll bowl with the new ball, swing it, but he's he's not going to bowl much after an initial new ball spell, whereas someone like Tom Curran or someone like Joffrey Archer offers you more options at more times of the innings, I think, than Willey. And with the ridiculous batting depth that England have, David Willey's batting ability... Um, doesn't really come into it it's much less of a factor than it than it would be in a, in a weaker team but with with all these bowlers really apart from Mark Wood and even he's got a test 50 but all these bowlers all bat you know England have frequently put up an 11 that's had Plunkett at 11 or Rashid at 11 which is crazy really when you look at um, at their batting ability so yes yeah, so someone's going to be unlucky I think 
Jordan will miss out despite his performances in the T20. But but again, that T20 series has has made things harder. So all these bowlers who are under threat from uh, from Jofra Archer have all made their case over the last few weeks. You know, Mark Wood has had a wonderful time of it in the Caribbean. Willie's got wickets. Curran's got wickets. Jordan's got wickets. There's so many tough decisions uh, to make with the with the bowlers. Like I said, I think the the first sort of ten or twelve names in the squad are. I mean, I think we could all come up with those now and, and not have much disagreement. But there's the, the last two or three spots, and it's it's the pace bowlers really, and and possibly the third spinner are, are the only areas where where it's not cut and dried. There's, there's not many times you go into a major tournament with England having the kind of phrase embarrassment of riches, but that's exactly what England have at the moment. You mentioned uh, David Willey's batting there. I've seen him hit some big, big shots at Headingley for Yorkshire, capable of scoring a, a, you know centuries in, in one-day yeah, cricket. You know, he, um, he really is. It's, it, it's incredible that it's so small a factor because they just don't need it. They don't need him batting at seven or eight or even pinch it in at the top of the order. Yeah, I was going to say, you can, it, you can it, imagine. No, he absolutely could. He absolutely yeah. could do that. In, in England's side's gone by, he'd have been at number three, wouldn't he? With, with the oh, hope yeah. of getting some quick runs. Just don't need that. You know, if you've got, you know, whether it's Roy Hales or Bairstow at the top and then Root at three, it's, yeah, it's, it's a batting line-up England have, have never really had in, in one-day cricket. They all understand one-day cricket in a way that England players haven't always. England England have always really sort of fallen back on their test specialists. Um, if in doubt, they've gone with a bloke with 50 test caps. And they've been sort of, they've never really trusted the, the one-day specialists to, to, to come in and, and do a job. And it, it, it's almost the, the other way around now. You know, there's this suggestion in the, this week that, that Jason Roy is going get, to get a chance to open in the ashes, given England's ongoing struggles to come up with a top three there, which sort of just throws into focus, again, how this embarrassment of riches England have at the top of their white ball batting order at the moment, that they're, they're scrabbling around desperately for a top three in, in test cricket. But in, in one day, in the one day game, you know, the 50 over game, their top three is any three out of Hales, Roy, Bairstow and Root. And, you know, there's, there's no weak link there. You know, it's one player every time is unlucky not to be playing. Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa. Located on the south coast of Barbados, this beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools, four restaurants, three bars, an on-site spa, event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream. If England do have a good World Cup and, and get to the final and hopefully win it, somebody like Jason Roy, somebody like Joffrey Archer, if they do have a superb series of games, the clamour's going to be there for them to be in the test team to take on Australia. Yeah. Yeah, again, that's the other thing, you know, the World Cup's a huge thing in and of itself, but there are, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, the, the test team's the opposite of the one-day team in a lot of ways, and there's there's loads of spaces up for grabs there. You know, someone like Jason Roy scores 600 runs in the World Cup, and there's every chance he does that. There'll be a huge mm. clamour for him to open the bat in the, in the ashes, you know, it's 
we, we haven't got one established opener at the moment, never mind two. And so, you know, if, if someone like Roy has that kind of series, you know, that kind of World Cup, which he absolutely could, then, yeah, he'll be, uh, there'll be a huge clamour for him in the Ashes. And again, with the ball, you know, if someone like Archer does have, you know, come into the team and have that kind of impact, you know, there, there, there are Ashes spots up for grabs. There's probably only five or six people nailed on for England's test team at the moment. With the way the world is with T20 tournaments, with the IPL on the horizon, the big bash in the winter, you've got the likes of Joffre Archer making a living going around the world, you know, playing for those franchises. They're used to the big crowds, aren't they, as well? They're used to the big match environment. So you could throw him into a World Cup and he wouldn't be phased by that. Yeah, I think that's a, a massive point. I think that's, it's absolutely crucial that, um, that there is there is a sort of a layer of cricket where sort of between the sort of club or county cricket, you know, whatever your first class uh, layer of cricket is around the world and international cricket in terms of the, you know, the spotlight and the exposure and the big crowds and the pressure is that, you know, you, you don't have any fear of someone like Joffrey Archer um, going, well, you, we don't know how he'll cope. You know, we don't know what happens when you throw him out there in front of that kind of crowd and with that kind of attention. We do know because we do have the IPL and we do have the big bash and things like that. The, like, the likes of Archer and Curran seem to revel in the in the big match atmosphere rather Absolutely, than Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's proven, isn't it? If if we go away from England for a second, then you've mentioned India, who are always going to be a, a threat with Kohli um, just churning out runs left, right and centre. You've got Kumar with the ball, who is just extraordinary. But further further down the, the 10 teams, where do you see the threat, if there is one? I think the, the format makes anyone dangerous because anyone who sneaks into that top four can then have a real impact in, in a one-off game. You know, you're looking at a long tournament that comes down really to three those three games at the end, the two semis and the final, where they're just one-off knockout games. And, and, and anyone can be anyone. I'd be surprised if anyone other than England or India won it. I think they are so far ahead of, of the others. I think, you know, in, India have got their batting strength, which they've always had and we know all about, but they've got a bowling attack um, better than any they've ever had, arguably. You mentioned Kumar Bumrah is obviously another huge asset for them. Brilliant death bowler again. You know, he's a, been a revelation at tests, but it was in the white ball game where he sort of really announced himself. You know, Australia, I don't know they're making a decent fist of things in India, but they don't look, you know, they don't look a, a balanced or settled one day side at the moment they don't look like they know what their best team is you know they're having sort of existential crisis at the moment about Aaron Finch and whether he's even in their side you know do Warner and Smith come back they've not picked them for the Pakistan series so they're going to get dropped straight back in if they do so there's a lot of uncertainty around Australia but they have won what four of the last five World Cups so it'd be wrong to discount them altogether New Zealand are always you know, they're always touted as the dark horse, aren't they, for any major tournament. You know, I think they'll be there or thereabouts, but probably won't win it. South Africa don't look a vintage South African side. And, you know, they've had better sides than this and not one. Pakistan would be the one, for me, from, from down the list. They, you know, did exactly what we're talking about in the Champions Trophy. Sort of came from nowhere to stun in England and stun India in a semi-final and a final. And I think they're the sort of side that they can just sort of get on a street. They're unpredictable and mercurial and all the other cliches we hear about Pakistan. But they're, they're always a danger of just hitting a hot streak just at, at the right time in a tournament. And I, I, I wouldn't rule them out. IPL, as I say, just around the corner and 
Smith and Warner are going to be featuring for their franchises in that. It's a big tournament for them, isn't it, to to come back after a year out. They need runs in that tournament to then stick their hand up and say, Australia, pick me. Yeah, I mean... I- I think they will come straight back in. I don't think there's, you know, Australia haven't done well enough in the the year that they've been without them to, you know, I think Warner in particular, you know, his his return looked in in some doubt a little while ago, but I don't think there's any doubt that both Warner and Smith are in there. It's whether team. it's whether they see Warner as a team man, isn't it? Because the when it initially broke, the you know, Sandpaper Gate broke. Everybody was saying, you know, Smith's going to go out the game, but come straight back in this might be a chance for them to get rid of Warner because although he scores runs and he's a fantastic batsman, it, he is a bit divisive, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he definitely is. And there was definitely sort of a, a concerted effort, whether that was just the media or, or a bit more than that. But there was a certain thing seemed to be a, a willingness w- within Australia for it to be Warner's fault, you know, that what happened was Warner's fault and, you know, Smith's crime was not stopping him and... Bancroft's crime was being sort of led astray by the despicable Warner. That was definitely the narrative that emerged was Warner as the the chief villain, and he, he's a trickier one, isn't he? That you know Smith coming back is a no-brainer, but, but they they have got a, a slightly different decision with Warner. But I think when it comes to the crunch, that you know his record uh, and his runs and and the lack of compelling alternatives will, will mean that Warner does come back in. A new feature on the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast is the letters page. Very much in inverted commas, because what we want you to do is to record your comments on to your telephone. Send us the audio to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and we'll play it out as part of that letter page function. Maybe even react to what you say, whether it's an opinion on cricket, international or domestic. Maybe you've got some selection suggestions for the England team or for your county. Maybe you just want to have a bit of a rant. Make it anything up to a minute long. Send it in to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and you might find yourself on next week's Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast. In recent weeks on the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast, we've had David Gower, we've had Joe Root, we've had Daniel Norcross, Gordon Greenwich, Desmond Haynes, Joel Garner, Ronnie Arani, Cheteswar Pajara, James Foster, Daniel Baldrummond, Sam Hayne, Brett D'Oliveira, Keaton Jennings, Delray Rawlings, Richard Gleeson, Anthony McGrath, Paul Collingwood. We're building up quite a few test caps and there are many, many more to come. Thank you so much. For all your comments on the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast, it is much appreciated as it goes from strength to strength. You can find the podcast every single week on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, Radio Public. We're growing. Grow with us. Have your say on all things cricket. Contact us on Twitter at cricket underscore badger. By email, cricketbadger at hotmail.com. Comment on things mentioned in shows. Suggest future topics for future programmes and get involved as the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast continues to go from strength to strength. Going back to England, we go back through the winter and I, I thought ahead of the winter that Sri Lanka would be, you know, talking test matches, but Sri Lanka would be a slightly harder um, not to crack than they were and that England would go to the Caribbean and, and probably steamroll the West Indies. It was the other way around, if anything. In, in a way, the script for the winter has actually helped England because it's maybe just reminded them that they're not invincible and given them a few things to think about going into the summer with the ashes on the horizon. Yeah, I think... Um... 
the, the Sri Lanka series was a strange one. I think winning all three tosses, not to do down the achievement of winning 3 0 away from home, which is always an incredible effort. It's it is hard to win away from home, and and they were by far the better side. But they won three important tosses and and won the three games from there. Sri Lanka were poor in that series, and they were poor in Australia. But they've then gone and stunned South Africa two uh, 0 So it's it is a funny time in Test cricket at the moment. Um, you'd, you'd like to think as well that that what West Indies did, because you know that was a fantastic Test series. That one, it really was. You know, three brilliant games. And in the first two tests, irresistible performances from the West Indies. You know, again, England were poor, but the West Indies were fantastic. But it remains to be seen now for them whether that was, you know, they seem to raise their game against England and whether they can now sustain that against the rest. But they're going to be a team worth watching at the next couple of years, West Indies. But it's definitely, um, it was a, a massive wake-up call that for England, who... You know, I, I think they're still favourites for the Ashes because I think all the problems that you can point to with England apply just as much to Australia. And as we've seen in the Ashes for the last 15 years or so, home advantage is, is a, a massive factor. Um, so I think England are still favourites for the Ashes, but they've got a, a way to go as a test team at the moment, haven't they? There's, there is an opportunity as well for a lot of the county players because obviously the World, with the World Cup being the first that tournament to be played... County cricket's going to continue. There's a few openers out there who, if they get their heads down, score a 1,000 runs by the end of May, make a name for themselves. When it comes to picking that first team for the Ashes, they're going to be there with their hands in the air saying, yeah, look what I've done so far. Yeah, yeah, massive chance, massive chance for a lot of players. There's a decision for some county players to make, isn't there? Do they put their hands up to go and bat in the top three, thinking if I can make runs in the top three, you know, there's... there's at least a couple of spots in England's top six that are available and, you know, top three runs will really catch the eye or is that too risky in the, you know, early season, batting in the top three, you, you nick off a couple of times and you, your chance goes. Is it better to bat down the order a bit and just go with sheer weight of runs there and hope that it catches the eye? But, it's yeah, it's going to be a big thing, isn't it, in the, that first half of the, of the county season. There'll be... A lot of people talked up for the Ashes based on runs. The other thing that I can really see happening is if if Alistair Cook goes back to Essex and scores as many runs as you suspect he might, you'll you'll get plenty of people calling for him to uh, come and rescue England if the if the first couple of Ashes tests don't go well. Are you in the camp of going back to the likes of Cook and Bell if England are struggling? Or are you in the camp of yeah, maybe looking at a, a youngster who has stuck his hand up and, and made some runs? Yeah, somebody like a Daniel Bell Drummond at Kent if he scores a 1,000 runs by the end of May. Would you go that way? Would you go to the new or would you go back to the tried and trusted? I wouldn't go to Cook. I think there'll be calls for it because I think he'll score a lot of runs for Essex. But I think, you know, he's made his decision, he's made an announcement, he had that perfect send-off in, uh, in in that final test last summer. I wouldn't go back to him. I think Bell is slightly different as a player who's never actually retired and has said every time he's asked that he would, you know, he would play for England again if the call came. I think if he gets runs in the first half of the season, that's a very interesting one. And and I would be tempted for an Ashes, for an Ashes series. There's, there's that, that idea of what would your opponent like least. And I think... The Australians would be happier seeing a novice coming out to bat at number three in the Ashes rather than, than Ian Bell, who, 
you know, has all that test pedigree, all that experience, has won so many Ashes series, knows exactly what the Ashes is all about. I, I think, yeah, I think Ian Bell is is a slightly different case, but he's he's got to score runs, he's got to score big runs first half of the season to to put himself in the frame. But that that would be a, a difficult decision. Well, there's there's there are difficult decisions to be made, aren't there, in the uh, uh, test team? It's I think if 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 you or I tried now to name England's eleven for the first Ashes Test on August first, if if you could, if you had any great confidence about more than six or seven of those names, I'd be I'd be surprised. I think there's there are there's half a team's worth of places that aren't nailed down in that team. And it's, it's going to be intriguing, isn't it? Because as we've said, you know, players can put their hands up in the World Cup in a completely different format. Players can put their hands up in a in a county competition that probably not yeah. many people are going to be paying much attention to and, until and again, we actually roll out yeah. the stats. Yeah, it's what you what matters. You know, this is our international runs made under that pressure and that spotlight in the World Cup, but in a different form of the game. Are they more meaningful than runs made at a lower level under less spotlight, but in the right form of the game? If if you yeah. know what I mean, it's we, we could have another another Rashid Gate, couldn't we, with Alex Hales if he if he finds himself in the one day arena becomes a world champion and all of a sudden he's given up red ball cricket for knots but he's everybody's going to want him to play in the ashes it's going to be there's going to be a lot of very strange conversations i think that are going to be had over the next few months as uh, england hopefully succeed um, this coming summer but you know regardless of uh, all of that it's going to be fascinating isn't it? it's going to be a, a, a hugely exciting summer for a cricket fan yeah there's there's so much going on you you talk about rashid there again and rashid and Butler last summer, so there's evidence there that England will select on white ball form. He talked about the importance of the IPL. It, you know, Josh Butler's England recall came, England Test recall came on the back of a stunning run in, in the IPL. So England are prepared to make those big calls based on different formats and different levels of attention and spotlight that's that's on the players. It's, it's going to be an absolutely fascinating summer. Whatever happens, it'll be an absolutely brilliant one. Finally, Dave, with uh, before I let you go back to scribble away for Cricket 365, it's Trevor Bayliss. This summer is basically, his legacy depends on it, isn't it? How, how he leaves yeah. the, um, the job. You know, if, if England, heaven forbid, go out meekly in the World Cup, lose the Ashes, he goes out as a villain. If he goes away with two of the major trophies um, and then says goodbye, he goes out as an absolute hero, doesn't he? It's sort of all or nothing, isn't it, for, for him this summer? His it, it's been it's been a strange strange old reign, really. It's it's some amazing high points, really incredible high points, but some crushing low ones as well. And you're right, it, it will all come down to this summer. If England win the World Cup and then win the Ashes, that's you know. That's your legacy, isn't it? He, well, he's coach of the year at the Sports Personality of the Year. It's uh, nailed on, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, you, you, you can't ask for more. You know, those were the, the two targets and they win that. You know, the, the World Cup's been such a focus for England. They've made no secret of it. They've never really done it before where they've put, you know, the, the white ball stuff. The World Cup is our focus. You know, Strauss said it, you know, basically when he when he took came in as that director of cricket, the World Cup at home 2019 that, that's the one that's the one we want to win and England haven't really done that before and, and the evidence is there you know that, that side has grown and developed and it's such a thrilling one now and this summer one way or another we'll 
prove everyone right or everyone wrong and you know there's a there's a lot of reputations sort of staked on on what this England team does at the World Cup. Dave Tickner it's been a pleasure to have you on the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast this week I'll catch up with you soon and we'll uh, hopefully um, have a lot of England success to talk about. Yeah fingers crossed. Thanks James. It's that Badger style. Thank you for Dave for his time this week. It's a pleasure to have him on the show. I'm sure we'll have him back again very, very soon. And thank you for listening. Please subscribe, leave your comments to everything that tries to make the podcast look good for everybody else so we can keep going into the future. I've been James, and until next week, enjoy your cricket badges. Sports Social Podcast Network.